I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast, the place to listen to and think about the bigger picture of living with a chronic illness. Moving away from the fix, reject, resist narrative, you'll find conversations about how your chronic illness can be a force for good in your life, your superpower even, and discussions about its potential to guide you towards a more aligned way of living and healing. I'm Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach. And today I welcome the absolutely lovely Sophie Careful to the podcast. That is ultimately a very kind act. It's like allowing yourself to experiment with something that isn't the convention. Yeah, we're basically creating the conditions for ourselves to try something different um, because the world and sort of society at large would not have us do that. Like it would work very well for the status quo for us to just like stay in line and just do everything how we perceive it's being done by yeah. you know the majority of people um so it's it does take courage and kind of boldness to go against that and so the way that you create the conditions for that is to be really loving and kind to yourself because yeah it's that's what you need in that moment right self-compassion isn't the first thing that comes to mind when you consider living or working in a way that questions the status quo And yet throughout this conversation, Sophie and I kept coming back to that very idea. More and more, we're being given examples that living by what's already been written might not actually be the best way for us. 
but how often do we consider that compassion towards ourselves is the missing piece in making our new experimental and against the grain lifestyles work? Sophie is a trained life coach who helps kind-hearted, creative humans believe in themselves so that they can live the life they truly want. She also runs a successful personal branding photography business alongside mentoring fellow photographers to build a business that works for them. She splits her year between her two passions and it totally fascinates and inspires me watching her make this unconventional business model a complete success. Oh, and listen out for the little hello from her sweet rescue dog. I believe there's a fundamental why that connects us folk living with chronic illness. It's the why at the root cause of all our healing efforts. It can get quite complicated and fussy, but really it comes down to wanting to just get on with living life. The life you sometimes allow yourself to dream of. There's so much to say around that and far too much to cover now. It's what this podcast and my work as a coach is dedicated to looking at the bigger picture of living with a chronic illness and reimagining the part it plays in your life so that space is created for life and you to blossom. If you'd like to work with me, I've got some one-to-one spaces opening up. You can find out more by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash coaching or by clicking the link in the show notes. Sophie, hi. Hello, nice to see you. Lovely to see you too. Um, I'm really delighted to have you on to chat and just record the chat and share it with some people. Um, I have been, I think it was last year I first saw your kind of, the way you structure your year with work and then it came through, obviously it came through again at the end of this year, towards the end of this year and I was like oh you know I really need to chat to you about this because it's although it's with your work this kind of um which obviously you're going to explain a bit later in a bit um but this kind of stand against society and you know the way our culture behaves is so linked to I think how a lot of people can learn how to live in a way that is supportive to them with their chronic illness mm-hmm. um, and so if you could give kind of a brief introduction of how you work and how you structure your year and why etc and just talk through that that would be great yeah definitely well thank you so much for having me I'm really excited for this chat I feel like 45 minutes is not gonna be enough and we're gonna be able to talk <laughs> for hours and hours I think we have a lot in common in our kind of outlook um, so yeah thank you very much for having me And yeah, I guess I'll start with, so I've been a personal branding photographer for like five years now, like as in doing it full time. Mm -hmm. And I shot weddings before that as well, part time while working in marketing, not for very long, only like a year or so after graduating from uni, um, where I did French and Spanish, which is totally unrelated. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I, this year, so just to kind of give some context around what you're referring to, like this year is the first year where I've kind of done like a real six months on six months off kind of split with my branding photography work. Um, because a couple of years ago I started doing business mentoring 
Um, Mm -hmm. And through doing that, I kind of realized that really what I was doing with people was more coaching than mentoring. Um, And I really felt like I wanted to get some professional training around that. So in, um, I think it was November last year, I started a professional coach training course. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm now doing my second one. I'm like (laughs) trying to learn all the things. Um, And so, yeah, I knew that I wanted to really focus on the coaching and mentoring work in the winter months. Um, And so, yeah, this is the first year where I've got this real split. So I it actually ended up running over a little bit because of COVID, like postponements yeah. and everything. Like the um, it, things were a little bit out of my control towards the end of the summer. So it ran a little bit more into autumn than I would have ideally liked. But yeah, essentially I spend my summer months kind of April to September doing branding photography shoots and I work all over the country. So there's quite a lot of travel involved with that. Um, and I love to work outside. So we often will shoot in indoor venues and people's homes and things like that, their website photos. Um, but I really love to work outside. So as much as possible, if it's obviously appropriate for the person, um, we'll go to a park or a beach or, you know, somewhere outdoors, mm, lovely. which obviously in England, <laughs> that can be a little tricky in the winter months. Um, and so it, it just kind of struck me that, oh, that would actually suit really well if I could have kind of, the winter months for really kind of going inwards and doing the working from home virtual coaching work um, and it really suits me like I've just I'm yeah. so pleased that I've discovered that this is you know possible to do because I think something I was kind of thinking about with the way that I've approached this is to really think about it in that like seasonal mindset so how like summer is such a kind of outward time like it's very energetic and creative and sort of productive in a way yeah um and you're kind of like giving and being on and moving around and just like being very like high energy and then winter like literally leaves are falling from the trees like everything is kind of like decaying in a way like going inwards hibernating and I would say like in the way that summer is kind of productive I would think of winter as being kind of generative because although uh-huh. it's you're going in and you're resting and you're kind of withdrawing from the world which is totally how I see it for myself um that's that in itself you know reaps rewards later um and so that's how I kind of see it and I think that's helpful to kind of think it's almost like I'm taking permission from like nature to do this yeah. because like we're not made to be on all the time like that's what I really noticed with myself especially as an introvert as well um I cannot physically sustain 12 months of being on out there in everyone's world doing all things driving around and also with the photography um as you might know like if you've had photo shoots for your work like it's not always it's quite a nerve-wracking thing right and if Mm -hmm. people haven't had it before they're they really need putting at ease and they need kind of a lot of support around yeah feeling comfortable in front of the camera and so what I do is I like give everything I have I'm like pouring my soul yeah. into making sure they feel good and they have a good like joyful experience and so not only with all the driving and all of that and the editing and everything that goes with it but the actual day itself I do come home feeling kind of like empty um right and so I just don't think that's sustainable for me personally 12 months a year acting operating like that um I feel like that would give me like quite a short shelf life. Like I've in a few years, like I might not have anything left to give. Right. Um, and I don't want that. Like I want a, a long career where I can sustain it. And um, yeah, for me, like having a bit of a balance and, and that shift in energy around the winter time um, is what gives me that. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'm really glad I've done it. And it's taken me probably three years to get to this point. Okay. Um, so I, in the first, the first time I did, it was is it oh no is that three years oh, years are so weird right now aren't they I was thinking it was winter right 2019. Now, yeah yeah it's really hard to think isn't it what happened yeah I think winter 2019 was the first time I think I might have taken December and January kind of off but to uh-huh. do the mentoring work 
And then last year was obviously very weird, <laughs> um, but I had a bit of a longer window anyway. Um, and then this year I've had like the biggest kind of, um, yeah, gap in the photography work, um, which is really cool. And I'm like, I just love it so much. Like I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to like walk the dog, come home, like have a cup of tea, stay at home, like chat with my clients on Zoom. And it's like, I really appreciate it. It's not just like, oh, I'm just doing it for the sake of it. Like I really cherish like every moment of each side. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I've made the right choice for me. Yeah, oh, so much of what you've just said, my brain's been going ping, ping, ping. Because, <laughs> um, this whole um, very outward giving and in a sense, I don't know if I'm assuming here, but being an empath and perhaps taking on some of your clients um, nerves and worry, but then mm -hmm. also having to be in that position or, you know, being in that position of putting them at ease and that, that energy kind of exchange is very outward. And then um, relating that to the summer and, you know, the seasons and then the winter coaching can be Yes, there is a lot of outward energy, but there's also a lot of receiving energy. I think that's it's quite a, a, a great energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of nourishing the soil and, uh, you know, that you were talking about with the seasons. And I can relate to that as a businesswoman, but also as a person with a chronic illness, because mm -hmm. chronic illness and empathy are quite uh, uh, connected. Right. Um, and not knowing when to stop and not knowing when to uh, switch off and retreat can be something that uh, is very triggering for, mm -hmm. for uh, symptoms and flares, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested to know, was it you taking the coaching qualification that kind of kickstarted this, this pattern or was there something else apart as you did actually mention of course um you know sustainability um mm. were they the kind of two main things yeah I think so it was so yeah it kind of worked out quite well because the course um it, it got it had quite a long waiting list and then the mm. next one that was available when I was looking in the summer was started in November so it kind of gave me almost like an incentive because mm. it made me think because it's very easy with things like this because of what we'll get on to talk about with the conditioning and what's expected of us mm -hmm. it would have been so easy for me to say oh I'd love to take winter off I mean I'm saying off as if I'm not working <laughs> I'm like very much working with clients co coaching mentoring um but it, it feels like off because of what we've talked about you know it's a different yeah. energy um so yeah off the photography work I could have said, oh, that's a great idea, but then I could have just easily kept on accepting bookings. Um, and because I had inquiries coming in and I've now got a bit of a waiting list for next year, which is great. But Fantastic. It would, I could have easily just let the self-doubt take over and be like, oh no, next year, you know, you could do it next year. And it's like, mm -hmm. and to be honest, that's what made me sign up for the course as well. Last year was I was having that thought in my head because I'd kind of always wanted to be a coach if I'm being very honest with myself, which I mm. hadn't really been up until that point. Um, and everything was kicking off like this was I think it was July I was on the website for this course and everything was just like chaos and I was thinking like there's no end to, like there's potentially no end to this like I don't know none of us know what's yeah. gonna happen I'm saying one day I'll do it like what if I just never get around to it like why don't I just do it now and so I kind of went for it but yeah it, it was good because it made me have a bit of a deadline it was like I want to really commit like it's a really expensive course and there's a lot <laughs> of like time you know given to it so I was like I'm not gonna like sort of do it by halves like I want to go all in and therefore I need to be dedicated and not be driving around the country and shooting and using my energy in other ways I sure. want to really go in on it so that was good it helped me to have something to aim for 
um, and that worked really well. But yeah, that wasn't necessarily the reason. I think the reason was just, it's also, the, another, there's another element to this, which um, in terms of the photography work, like I kind of touched on it before about the weather, I mm-hmm. was finding, especially since COVID, I don't know whether, well, I'm sure it's related to that, um, I found myself getting like really, really anxious about the weather, like to a point that it was like making me feel really bad, like having physical symptoms. And I, again, I just thought I can't do this all year. Like it's too much. Um, And I think I take on a lot of responsibility as well, because obviously I'm not in charge of the weather. Like I'd love Mm -hmm. to be, but the reality is like none of us can, you know, control whether it's going to rain on someone's photo shoot, but I feel the the weight of responsibility on that. And I I want everyone to have a great experience and I don't want anyone's shoot to be rained off um, because it's really stressful, but I I was finding that was a lot to to hold and Mm -hmm. yeah it and also I feel like last summer the weather was quite rubbish as well so it's like a few times I was you know having to deal with moving things around and because I do I've got quite an all-encompassing package I um, help people find venues and I also hire a hair and makeup artist so there's a few moving parts to change if Mm -hmm. it does if the weather's bad um so yeah because of the person that I am (laughs) I sort of feel the weight of all of that um and yeah I was finding it was it was making me very anxious so I think that was another reason like this has all been part of a big lesson that I'm learning the last couple of years of like really listening to my body and being like this is not something to just sweep under the rug and ignore like if your body is feeling this way you need to pay attention to that and and do something about it so it was partly that as well just thinking about what is the kindest way that I can treat myself in this business yeah that's gonna mean that I can do it for as long as I want to do it rather than trying to push myself to the absolute limit now and then possibly pay the price later yeah Um, that was a, a factor as well so much of what you've said just now is and it's something that everybody I'm I'm speaking to for this podcast, the season of this podcast, is about using something which society could tell you is um, a nuisance or a problem or, you know, about yourself. And, you know, therefore to push through and ignore those things so you can walk in line, basically. And, yeah all of these all of the wonderful women and you know I'm getting to speak to for this actually say do you know what no I'm going to use that actually as my superpower or mm-hmm. as my um guide and that's something I talk a lot about with chronic illness um to figure out actually what do I need here and mm-hmm. how can I how can I do that in a very self-led over society-led way um and I I I get so like happy when I hear about the things people are doing as a result of that and and you know your your work structure and you know noticing that anxiety but also things outside of your control and I often talk about kind of having certain things that can bring you out of uh, a cycle of struggle um, which Mm -hmm. can often be created by society or by um, you know ideas of how a human should live um Mm -hmm. and they're almost like ropes that you can grab onto and the more you grab onto it and they're all like balloons say for instance and they can Mm -hmm. you know eventually that help you put pull you out of that of that cycle um and you've talked about a a few there um I just find it so interesting how kind of no matter the subject they there seem to be common themes yeah, there's lots of overlaps. Yeah, I love that image. I think that's such a good point. I feel like you're kind of pointing at something that I was going to bring up around like having models of 
possibility like Mm because I think there's like I kind of hinted at before with the last year like I could have very easily just carried on as I was knowing deep down that it was gonna you know cost me later Mm -hmm. um but I had to make the decision to back myself and be like just because like even if you don't know how it's going to pan out because I didn't like like I said I was putting a lot of investment into the course not knowing what was going to come back from it um because obviously we can never know the outcome Mm -hmm. of things we just have to try um and so yeah I could have easily done that and I could have looked for all the examples of everyone else who's doing that because that's a I think that's been one of the biggest things I've had to kind of almost like face up to or um like overcome I suppose is is thinking that you know you you just have to work all year round the same (laughs) like it's just how people do it right like if I think of other photographers like well they don't it's almost like you can tell it's like a an inner critic kind of voice coming in because it's not my voice. Like right. it would say like, you know, when no one else needs to like have winter off work that shooting, like, why should you, like they can just mm. deal with it. And it's, and when you hear that voice, you know, it's like, that's not the real me. Like that's my absorbed, you know, yes. voices that I've heard from outside of me um, that I'm turning against myself and, and using that as a reason to not try. And so what I had to do is actively seek out examples of people who were doing it differently okay. um, for whatever reason. And I think that's a really important thing to do for anyone who wants to try and do things a bit differently and kind of go against the grain. Um, it's it's tough when you think it's only you, but knowing that there's actually loads of us doing things differently is so heartening. And you can kind of see like, oh, well, if they can do it, like maybe it's possible for me to do it, even not to the same level. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of people. Um, so someone that I really look up to is Jen Carrington. I don't know if you know her. She's a coach for creatives. Right. Yeah. And she's a really good example of someone who has structured her work life in a way that's really completely works for her and is very different to the usual, like, you know, setup. Like it's not a nine to five thing. Um, and yeah, she takes a lot of time off in the year and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I'm personally like way, if we were to look at like the extremes of that, I'm nowhere near doing it to the level that she is, but yeah. it shows me that it's possible. Like, and I can eke my way up, you know, the ladder in a way um, and eventually get to that level if I want to. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to know that like, you don't have to do things exactly the same way that everybody else does. And also yeah. th- think even as I say that, it makes me think we don't even know the full story of what everyone else is doing. Like we can think we know like that, you know, oh, every, like I said, every photographer works all year. <laughs> I don't actually know that. That's not a fact. Like I, I don't know every photographer. So how could I possibly know how they work? Um, yeah. But because that, that belief would support me not going for what I want. It's quite easy to believe, which is why you have to like take a little moment with yourself and be like, actually there could be other things happening here. And what would be a more helpful thing for me to believe in this situation? Yeah, I recently actually um, wrote a blog post about, and I felt it was this huge confession right. about how I work and how I um, I choose to work kind of four hours a day mm-hmm. um, and how I'm building my business to support being able to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, it's something that I've wanted to talk about and yet I felt so much shame over it because I thought, going back to what you were saying about um you know not actually knowing how people work even if it seems perhaps they're working nine to five whatever yeah not actually knowing um you know I thought first of all again who am I to choose to do that you know and a lot of this come I I notice a lot of resentment from perhaps um people who have felt that they had to do something a certain way and there can be you know can be resentment I'm talking particularly about, um, you know, sometimes generations gone by, you know, where mm-hmm. 
um, life was a big struggle, but also, you know, perhaps they weren't at a time in in life in the world where they felt they could change change the way things were done. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of freedom now in in this kind of Absolutely. day and age, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, after I'd written this blog post, I came to this conclusion that if I don't share this, then other people might not do something that really would su- support and serve them because mm-hmm. of the shame. And there is so much shame surrounding it. Um, embarrassment. I, yeah. And but always kind of being able to connect to that deep sense of self and actually faith in in you know oneself and belief have you always had a strong sense of self and self-belief or is that something that you work on oh definitely the latter (laughs) um (laughs) first of all well done for writing that blog post that's exactly what I mean about like proof that it's possible like having like you said having examples is the only way that we're going to remove the shame and the stigma and help people feel like actually that's maybe something I could try and like I said you don't have to go to the same level of someone else that you see doing it but you could do a little you could do a 10% of what they're doing and you know figure out if it's right for you so yeah that's amazing that you shared that Mm. um and yeah to your question about self-belief no I 100% have had to work on it and I'm still working on it and I actually would argue that for most of us it's a lifelong endeavor like I don't ever Mm -hmm. well never say never but I can imagine for most of my life you know even if I become very confident and self-assured in some areas there's always going to be a new challenge isn't there there's always going to be something else that we've never experienced that's probably going to bring up a lot of self-doubt for us so I don't think it's very fair on ourselves to kind of aim for I have this, I've mentioned this before, I take a bit of issue with the phrase unshakable confidence, which I think is like thrown around a lot. Okay. And I think like it's going to be shakable. <laughs> like there's yeah. going to be things that shake us and, and that's fine. Like we're living this like wild life on a planet, like spinning through space and all that stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, there's a lot that's out of our control. And I don't think aiming for something that's completely solid all the time in every situation is realistic and that's just a way to set yourself up to feel like you're failing too like that's why I feel like the Mm -hmm. problem with that is is like oh if I'm not really really sure of myself all the time I'm just like a failure I'm just not Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be confident and I just really I I hope that people don't have that experience of feeling like they're not doing it right if they don't have it all the time so yeah I I think the self-belief thing is a long-term you know yeah project um and yeah I definitely it's really um, evolved for me a lot over the years like I used to really identify as a shy awkward introvert or something along mm-hmm. those lines um, and I don't I don't identify in that way anymore and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with people who do identify as shy like if you want if that is how you feel and you are embracing who you are and owning it like that's absolutely fine but for me I was finding that that was actually it just wasn't true anymore and I, yet I kept saying it and it was almost right. like I was pulling myself back to somewhere that I'd actually outgrown. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've kind of changed my view on that as, you know, we all do over time. Um, and so, but yes, I definitely, I ha- I've had a, a long history of not being confident in many, many ways. Um, and I've had a lot of help to get to this point too, like hypnotherapy, coaching, NLP, you know, I've had a lot of help. <laughs> um, mm. And and now the course that I'm doing um, is run by Sass Petherick. I don't know if you know her work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, I'm tra- literally training to be a self-belief coach, um, Wonderful, which yeah. feels like, you know, where I've been aiming towards all this time. Like when that course came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is the third round that she's done it. Um, I think the first one, when she ran it, I was already on my other um, coach training course, so I couldn't yeah. do it, but I knew like when I have 
that when the moment is right, I'm going to be doing that course because I'm already working with clients on very similar, you know, topics. Self-doubt is something that comes up a lot, particularly with creative business owners who tend Mm -hmm. to, most of my clients are. Um, And so, yeah, that felt like sort of destiny. (laughs) Like I, I'm supposed to be doing this course because it's been my experience that lacking self-belief and self-trust and self-confidence has had such an impact on my life. Like my, particularly I'm thinking of kind of my school years and university, um, I, I had sort of cripplingly low self-esteem and I would mm. not let myself do all sorts of things that I would have liked to do. Um, and not only that, but I sort of ruined my own experience of things that I was doing, if, if that makes sense, you know, just a, a constant kind of self-berating um, yeah. and feeling like I was messing things up as I was doing them, even though actually I was probably doing fine. Um, and that's what hypnotherapy really helped me with that. That was a real like sort of tipping point for me. Like the, one of the main things that I learned from that hypnotherapist was like I just wasn't giving myself enough credit for what I was already doing Um, and I had such a really mean kind of inner critic voice Um, and so yeah all that to say (laughs) I've kind of like been been come a long way yeah exactly and I think that's um, that's why I feel so kind of passionate about helping other people you know experience that too because I look back at my sort of 18 year 19 year old self and think gosh you were actually doing fine (laughs) and you were really being so mean to yourself um and I've still come a long way you know in things that I would put myself forward for and um opportunities that I would go for that I wouldn't back then um so I have I have definitely become more confident but I've also become nicer to myself whether yeah. I'm being confident or not if that makes sense yeah that that compassion is I think so key in in recognizing kind of who you are, where you want to get to, and the and the journey that you'll take to get there, mm-hmm. um, and allowing yourself to change, and going back to that um, unshakable thing is actually not something that I've seen so much, but you know, so goes the kind of bubbles that we live in on social media or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> you'll probably see it now that I mentioned it. You'll see it like oh, three yeah, times when you get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> the red car thing. Oh, there's another one. You know, mm. um, but I think that kind of um, speak is so ingrained in, you know, patriarchal construct and the way our society lives. And it's that, as you say, that kind of, no, it's like standing strong. And I imagine somebody kind of with a a staff, I think they call those big sticks, you know, I am unshakable and like, but nothing can touch me. And then, Mm actually allowing things to touch you is what helps you grow and develop and, and softens you and exactly. you know uh, allows you to experience and so much of the time when we don't allow ourselves to experience things um it's it's very detrimental to case, mm-hmm. like say health and um and the person that you are um and to those around you actually mm-hmm. um sorry Um, Yeah, I was just going to say, I I really agree with that. And I think that's been a big part of my learning as well on the confidence kind of journey is that you cannot read your way to confidence. Like I tried that. (laughs) I tried reading every single self-help book and yes, they helped me. Like I definitely, I learned a lot from books and I felt like, oh, okay, this is like showing me a new way that I didn't know was possible because up until that point, and this is all like post going self-employed as well. I think I was very sheltered when I worked in a job. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just didn't know that any of this like personal development work, you know, existed, world Mm -hmm. existed. And, um, 
and I think it's quite easy when you are in that type of role like for me it felt like I I, I would have just sort of trudged on for years in the same and I was miserable like yeah. really extremely miserable that's why I ultimately left um, surrounded by but, other questionably miserable people also you know yeah well, exactly and that's feeling. why you yeah. don't sort of question it because you think oh well this is just life isn't it like I remember having that thought like oh well this is just adulthood then yeah like, crap, <laughs> isn't it? like well, why didn't no one warn me like what is this what I went to uni for like spent like tens of thousands of pounds on a degree and four years of my life and I, this is it I was like this yeah. is this is not there's been some false advertising about adulthood <laughs> um but yeah I would have I would have carried on and then going self-employed sort of thrust me into this world of personal development which was great like I think mm. I yeah I remember I used to I wouldn't there wouldn't be a time and I didn't have a podcast on that was about you know self-coaching and all this kind of stuff and psychology and everything and read all the books and that did get me to a point but ultimately you have to try things <laughs> that scare yeah. you and I know that's a really hard like truth that none of us really want to hear because it'd be great if we could just read a book and then be more confident Ta-da. yeah 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 exactly just this, this magic transformation but yeah I think again like from hypnotherapy that was one of the lessons was like allowing yourself to take small risks and then receive the evidence that you can handle that Mm -hmm. situation so for me like an example would have been I I think I mentioned identifying as a very awkward person like I had to go to in-person networking events um because I didn't know anyone I left my job at a short notice and I didn't have a network to speak of at all um and I wasn't even sure I I knew I was going to do photography but I didn't know back then that I was going to niche into just like um branding photography that I do now yeah, I did like a little bit of event stuff and product photography and things like that. But yeah, I had no clients and nowhere to find any. So I had to go to all these networking events and um, I was terrified. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm going to mess this up. Like I'm not going to know what to say. People are going to think I'm weird. Like I felt like really young as well. Cause I was, I guess I was 25 at the time. And most people at these events I was going to seem to me to be sort of like 40 plus. And I was like, Oh, they must think I'm like a child. Like why am I even here? Like all these judgmental kind of thoughts. And um but actually, the more I went, the more I realized that most of that stuff wasn't true. Like, yeah. I, I did have a contribution to make. I made good friends there. I made, you know, I booked clients quite quickly off those things, which means I can't have been making such a bad impression because why would anyone hire yeah. me? Um, and then some of those people became repeat clients or they referred people to me. And so I was seeing all this evidence. Actually, I was doing a fine job. And yet I was desperate to believe that I was like really messing up. And so hypnotherapy helped me to reframe that and be like, actually, you're doing a really good job and you're building a muscle every single time you do one of these things that's scary. Um, you're getting a little bit better. And I would, I'd refine my sort of elevator pitch that I'd have to say at the beginning. And <laughs> like, well, it's still kind of sends shivers down my spine, to be honest. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Um, but it was like, it was all a practice. And I, I think having that attitude of being like, I'm allowed to experiment, I'm allowed to practice. Um, and, and also something that helped me a lot in those situations was just knowing that like, if I am this sort of self-obsessed and like analyzing myself in the moment, imagine what everyone else there is doing. Like we're all thinking about how we, exactly. how we come across and whether we're making a good impression. And so that took some pressure off me too, to be like, they probably don't even notice that I like fluff my words or, you know, remembered someone's name wrong or whatever was happening um, because they'd have been too worried about what they were kind of coming across like. So yeah. that was a, a real like permission for me to be like take the pressure off like you don't need to be this like perfect human like you can just show up and be yourself a little bit more and so yeah I started to do that you know bit by bit and and you know embrace who I actually was rather than trying to be someone different um, yeah. and that that really helped me yeah I, there's an element of um 
jumping in at the deep end with kind of your journey into self-employment I had an extremely similar journey mm-hmm. um and I but it's it's this kind of like feeling of um my coach Ruth Poundway actually has a saying of I can't not do this and like it's that just deep knowing that you can't not do the thing you really want to do or you're you know thinking about doing mm-hmm. also this kind of idea of the deep end it's I can relate that again to perhaps people's journey into chronic illness I don't know if I can call it a journey into chronic illness but you know experience with um either ex- uh, receiving a diagnosis or waiting a long time for a diagnosis mm. the symptoms are there whether you like it or not and a lot of um the people that I speak to you know I did it myself you try to read your way out of the situation mm. um and you know there comes a point where you kind of are reading so much there's actually even no time to action anything you're yeah. reading mm. um and I think it is all a process of like getting yourself ready to take take the action to take the steps um yeah that's true you're laying a foundation aren't you and kind of getting your brain prepared to believe something <laughs> different I think and then you yeah. have to go and try it in the real world absolutely but this this like um idea that you're allowed to experiment and and mm-hmm. get things wrong and if you if it goes wrong you know actually in the grand scheme of things weighing up what that's going to look like and and how big of an impact that's actually going to have mm-hmm. um and so often it's it's a very small impact you know especially if you do take it in small steps as you've talked about yeah. um and building that evidence bank that yeah okay I can do this and I think drawing on my experience with my health that is like a big evidence bank for me that I can do hard things mm-hmm. and I can do things um in a self-led way with a lot of support you know which is something that I've actually been working on because um Mm -hmm. I can be over independent like I try and do things on my own you know Mm -hmm. too much to to my detriment and yeah just building that muscle as you say and knowing that you can do it and and that actually perhaps a label again going back to the shy thing a label Mm -hmm. that you might have put on yourself in the past isn't quite true now yeah yeah I think there's a lot in that I do think that we kind of it's I I relate this to my kind of discovery of like introvert extrovert thing like I I think I reached a point because mostly that experience was just like a huge relief to me Mm because I I did that test I think in my second year of uni um and bearing in mind I'm like the most introvert you can get (laughs) like that's my now (laughs) no I when I first went to uni I moved into a flat with of 10 of us like with nine strangers and to think of that now I'm like that is an absolute nightmare but I didn't have I mean I didn't have a choice anyway really because that's just how the system was you just got put Mm -hmm. in somewhere um but if I yeah so if I had have known (laughs) I guess maybe it wouldn't have been you know it wouldn't have made much difference but at least I would have known to be kinder to myself because I just thought I am broken like there's something so wrong with me that I'm finding this whole thing absolutely draining and so exhausting um but no wonder, like, not only have I got to be on and friendly and make a good impression to nine people mm-hmm. all the time, because they live there all the time. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you can lock yourself in your dorm room to some extent, but like, mostly you've got to kind of get involved, right. and then going out all the time and like drinking a lot. And like, there were so many things I was doing to my body that were like, not, you know, not setting me up to 
be well do you know what I mean yes. like just being hung over all the time basically like <laughs> yeah. you're already on the back foot there because like it's just for me that's a time that would trigger me to be very mean to myself and right. so I was just like it was just like a recipe for disaster basically yeah um but anyway my point is when I went to second year I did that test and I was like oh my god this is actually it was just a revelation like I was like this I'm not the only one in the world one thing that feels this way but also like it's all it is is that I'm drained by one thing and I filled up by something else and for me that something else is being alone being in silence lying under a blanket which is what I do when I get in from photo shoots incidentally um because I've kind of given so much I then need to like recoup um yes and that's also why I actually this reminds me of a way that I kind of practiced did a practice run of stretching my year how I did I also um really reduce the amount of shoots I did in a month so I used mm-hmm. to think oh I need to just be shooting all the time like mm-hmm. fully booked as people say <laughs> must be like every day and that's absolutely wow it's just not sustainable in any way um so I started just shooting once a week and that even mm-hmm. for me felt like super bold like oh my god how dare I only shoot once a month but it worked out great <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's actually capacity for me like I can do that I can give my all because also it's more than a day a week because as I mentioned I travel a lot so I might be staying over somewhere uh-huh. so yeah two days of a week out in the world and then three days in editing and kind of resting and recuperating um now I've made myself lose my train of thought but yeah I think I was talking about introvert extra wasn't I oh yeah yeah so the it's generally speaking I say I would say it's supportive like knowing that about yourself is helpful but it's when it kind of tips over into being a bit of a crutch that it can be a problem like I think I did that to a point like okay using it as an excuse to not go to things and yes. you know and because also I feel like I know myself well enough now to know that I do actually really value connection and like some of the most kind of nourishing times in my life recently have been spending time with other self-employed people and I've got some friends in Bristol I'm very lucky to be able to spend time with and we all have a lot in common and we can kind of support each other and cheer each other on and so I could in my kind of introvert brain I could be like oh well you don't want to go to that because you're an introvert like that's going to drain you and actually what I know to be true is that that will fill me up in a different way, like spending time with people that get me. Um, So it's a fine line, I think like, yes, use it to empower you and know that like you're not alone and it's, it's okay to feel how you do. Um, But don't, don't, you know, let yourself use it as an excuse if you're actually missing out on something that you also need like that connection. I relate to that so, so much. And that this, I, Oh, I, I can't believe how much I relate to that because <laughs> it's especially I think in my experience using um my chronic illness as a crutch comes in when I, I don't drink so you know the hangover is not there but if I am not doing things to help myself be well mm-hmm. and then I start on this kind of slope of it's like a cloud that kind of comes in and then and then I I feel myself I kind of, again, I know myself well enough to check when it's coming in and go, okay, mm. that's not actually my thought or my want. That's a, a kind of a reaction to my very present, um, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's not how I'm feeling at the moment. That's due to, um, it's, it's weird. You have to kind of have these com- internal conversations with yourself and like, is this me or is this this? You know, and yeah. is this yeah, true or is. is this not? And mm-hmm. um, yeah and remembering that actually because also you might relate to this when you perhaps have been in a place where you're going against your your introverted nature or when I'm in a place where I'm 
going against my chronic illness so much. Um, I have to, I almost, my chronic illness does become a crutch because I have mm. to stop doing the things I want to be doing. I have to make excuses to and not turn up to things or cancel plans because mm. my chronic illness is flaring. Yeah. You know, in introversion, that might look like because you literally cannot do anything than get out from under your blanket. Um, yeah. And yet in the right kind of, for you, you know, in, in the right um, vessel, um, it can be so empowering. Mm-hmm. And as you say, you know how you need to structure your life around your shoots and booking in time for that. And then again, it's the language that we use with ourselves. It's, it's the talk we, you know, our self-talk and rather than being like, oh my God, I'm broken. I have done something that other people can do and now I have to lay under a blanket. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, no, I am this person and I am choosing to lay under a blanket because I know that after I've done that for a couple of hours or for the evening, tomorrow I'm going to be like great and well and fine again, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and feel exactly. good about myself. And yeah, and not just choosing, how, you know, being in a place, I suppose, where we can choose how to speak to ourselves um, after having, you know, done work on that and and. Mm-hmm being more present in life and not trying to keep up with this crazy pace yeah yeah exactly I really think that's that's exactly my experience of like the initially I did feel like I had a lot of kind of shame or like comparison as well around Mm. just not feeling like I was able to do as much as I perceived other people to be doing again we don't know all the facts (laughs) so maybe they're not shooting that much but and even yeah I mean I feel so I just know it's so right for me. Like when I see other people talking about like, got five shoots this week, whatever, maybe not even five. I feel like no one can do five. I mean, maybe if they're really short. Anyway. I don't know how, but yeah. yeah. But and if any, if I do come across anyone talking about doing a lot, you know, there may, there may even still be like a little pang of like, oh, like I should be able to do that too then. Um, but, you know, for in the majority of cases, the voice in my head is very much like, good for you like that's not the life for me um, yeah and and it, so I yeah I just it feels so right for me to to do that but it has taken a long, long time to kind of undo the the conditioning that says like in order to be valuable humans we have to be like in output mode all the time like creating yeah. and giving and producing things mm. um and actually like yeah I'm I'm kind of unlearning that as well um but yeah I think you have to I think something I want to share in terms of the kind of self-compassion Mm-hmm. topic that's come up in our conversation something that held me back a lot with that for a long time was feeling like I was just doing it wrong like I didn't I felt like mm. there was some secret to it that I didn't that I was missing <laughs> and I didn't understand and actually recently um so I bought this book I think it came out in the summer which is called um Fierce Self-Compassion by okay. Dr Kristin Neff um and I also attended a workshop that she did online kind of launching the book and it was so interesting like the basically the the lesson I took from it was like it it actually is as simple as it sounds like being kind to yourself is that simple Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that it's easy like it's a practice and it's a muscle but I think for me I was just feeling so bad that I was like it's so it's she talks about this too how it's kind of ironic that the the act of trying to be self-compassionate can trigger so much self and it's grating. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not being kind enough to myself. And so, and that was me for a long time. And now I'm like, you're doing fine. Like you've just learned this thing and you're practicing it 
and you're not going to get it perfect every time and that's okay and that in itself is a really self-compassionate act and I think that's a freeing thing to know is like you're not doing it wrong if a you can't do it right every single time um but also like there's no secret like you're not missing a secret like it is as simple as it sounds um and yet it takes time and practice and gentleness um and so that's been really like revelatory for me this year like oh I'm actually I wasn't missing a trick like there isn't some like memo that I missed yeah Um, so that's been really helpful as well just knowing like it's it's a muscle and I'm gonna you know use it as much as I can and be nice to myself when I don't quite get it right yeah and having I in my experience when that happens I have this like to and fro conversation in my head because I'll the knee-jerk berating will come in and mm-hmm. then I'll go hey what are you doing you know yeah yeah exactly I'm great don't be so mean to me you know, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah I'm like I love you you know and yeah uh, yeah I, I feel like Homer Simpson you know when he's having conversations <laughs> like chocolate or whatever um something that came up for me when you were just saying that was uh I have realized how much um going back to the seasons I think um can affect how I um I suppose operate in Instagram particularly mm-hmm. uh, but places that are kind of very busy um yeah and and very busy with so much information and thoughts and people and and all of that kind of thing and um I came off Instagram at the end of last year and ended up staying off for like six months came back on in the summer loved it mm-hmm. and then and and decided to use it in a very I don't know non-script way um and now I've started to really dislike it again and Mm -hmm. what I think I'm noticing is um that the voice of say comparison and of not feeling so much um not not feeling that really strong sense of self and that I'm quite used to uh you know a lot of self-doubt comes in and mm. and um what I think I'm I think I'm coming to the terms of the fact that actually I may just use Instagram for like six months of the year you know <laughs> in the summer um yes. when I feel much more resilient and and stronger in myself um and you know I'm not kind of saying oh because it makes me question myself I think that's the thing and it makes me mm-hmm. question what I'm doing and and oh have I got that wrong am I meant to be doing this a certain way and like have I missed the memo on this mm. thing um and getting so confused over what yeah I think what I know about myself and what I and, and you know the way I want to to live and I, I'm not quite sure where I was going with this but <laughs> you know I think it just you know it came up when as you were talking really um about how yeah things evolve and, and and change and and being open and kind to ourselves and allowing that to happen mm. yeah that's the thing is it could be the kindness thing like I would consider exactly what we're speaking about there like me with the way I stretch my year and you talking about using yeah. Instagram in that way that is ultimately a very kind act it's like allowing yourself to experiment with something that isn't the convention and yes and just being oh no sorry my no and yes okay he's gonna stop in a sec um (laughs) sorry working from home um what was I just gonna say yeah so the the permission oh hang on let me just get my thoughts straight I can just edit that spit out it's fine yeah we might need to um (laughs) let me start my question again so the um 
Yeah. <laughs> I think he's not now. Um, yeah, we're basically creating the conditions for ourselves to try something different um, because the world and sort of society at large would not have us do that. Like it would work very well for the status quo for us to just like stay in line and just do everything how we perceive it's being done by yeah. you know the majority of people. Um, so it's it does take courage and kind of boldness to go against that. And so the way that you create the conditions for that is to be really loving and kind to yourself because yeah. it's that's what you need in that moment right if you're taking a, a kind of risk and, and trying to do something different what you really need is like a friend to be with you and like holding your hand through it and that's why I love your like image of having a conversation with yourself because yeah. that's that's my experience too of the, of the kindness thing is like there's the default knee jerk like what you're doing like no one else is doing this you, you're not allowed and then there's like hang on like what if I am allowed <laughs> like yeah you can, it's just much more open and it's something I talk about a lot um is kind of curiosity like bringing curiosity to Mm. things um so when you do have a a thought that pops up that feels very rooted in kind of societal conditioning like for example we're all supposed to work nine to five and (laughs) if we don't we're lazy Mm. um we get curious about that like who says who like literally who says like who made up that rule and why is it still a rule because as far as I've read that was introduced in the 1800s and like times have moved on and yet here we are still thinking that that's the norm and that that's okay for humans to do um and even though there's been so much research about how that's not you know in terms of concentration levels and attention spans and everything like none of us are able to well not not able but like well I personally I'm not able to work eight full hours a day um, at a good level like I could sit here and you know produce a load of rubbish but good quality work is not going to come out in that time Um, and so you have to question the status quo and be like why why is it like that and does it work for me Um, because often the answer is no Um, and so yeah being really kind to yourself and keeping that open mind and having those conversations with yourself as you go through that process of trying to subvert the kind of convention is really important yeah I um and I think what can help us with that curiosity and questioning is um something that can I went away a couple of weekends ago and um I it was such a kind of uh, an opportunity to refresh and take a step back and um question things you know Mm -hmm. and and notice things and I think when we're on this kind of hamster wheel of how you know society would have us live and Mm. um we don't have time to question it and it's again we're going back to that balloon kind of analogy um having the opportunity and when you're surrounded by people who are all feeling the same mm-hmm. um and I think uh you know self-employment actually has been great just the very idea that and I know that this is actually an idea that perhaps a lot of people move away from it you know on their self-employment journey of time is money mm-hmm. um you know it's certainly something uh, you know an idea that I've moved away from but mm-hmm. I think you do very much analyze the hours you put in to a day and realize that hey you know eight hours is just as you say I, I don't sit here and work at a top level for eight hours a day absolutely not um and the only way you, you question that is when it's really the buck stops at you I think mm. um whereas when you're in a bigger machine you don't question it um, yeah and that go that kind of translates, you know, outside of the employment, self-employment world. Um, 
and giving yourself the chance, I think, to, to step outside of some of these machines. Because, um, you know, who says this works? And it's like the people that it benefits, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. really relate to that as well. I think, yeah, there's kind of two points, aren't there? Like one of them being like, if you are in that kind of, like let's say like a corporate job or something like that and you are literally surrounded by other people who are not questioning it yeah it's really important in that context to take yourself out of it if you can to Mm -hmm. to get a bit of perspective Mm. um and then you know assess whether that's working for you but also in this context of even if you already are kind of designing your life how you want it to be that time away and like you kind of hinted at like being I think taking yourself out of your routine and into a different place like even with this con you know the what we're having this conversation about now about my the way I structure my year I think probably the first time that sort of popped into my head as even a possibility was on a coaching retreat because mm-hmm. I was in a different country or like a different part of this country at least and mm-hmm. I was in somewhere different surrounded by people who were also questioning things and coming up with their own solutions and ways to design their own lives that gave me permission to do it as well so I think it's easy if you're kind of in the same place all the time to not like break out of your routine but if you are taken out of your normal context and put somewhere different you can shift your mindset quite a lot and I think that's yeah that's also the magic of coaching I think if you work with someone yeah that will help you even without moving your body physically somewhere different um can help open your mind to new things and like yeah basically introduce you to new perspectives that actually come from you I'm not saying that you know I would suggest things to someone as a new perspective but helping people find their own new perspectives that they just haven't quite like accepted are there um so I think that's a really cool thing about coaching like just giving people that opportunity to like oh actually there's something else that could be possible for me um that I haven't really thought about or faced up to yet um so that's really exciting yeah I totally I love that it's like a little brain break isn't it it's like Mm. this kind of and it's also that time to like focus on yourself yeah for an hour or you know an hour and a half whatever it may be um and you know that that accountability also you know you're you're with someone else Mm -hmm. um I I love this idea that you know we can well, and maybe actually this is what has become so hard in the past couple of years is that these opportunities to get away, you know, and it doesn't have to be a new physical location, even a walk in a different location can yeah. help you. Or I often find um, I walk around my village and I sometimes I found myself going in on the same direction. Mm. And one day I was like, oh, I'll just swap it around and I'll start at the end. And I was like, right. oh my goodness, I see all this new stuff. And then it changes the way I'm thinking. And it's like, oh, mm. just something as simple as that. Um, but, yeah, you know, I during, I suppose, the pandemic, it's our opportunities to get away have been reduced, mm-hmm. um, whether that's kind of physically or or metaphorically get away. You know, it's um, it has been reduced. And I... I suppose I'd love to know, like, what do you do apart from, say, your retreats and stuff? How do you kind of take a break and get away? Well, I would love a holiday right now. It's been (laughs) so long since I've been abroad and I'm just like, oh, I was reading a book recently and they were describing, like, having the sun on their face in the south of France and, like, the smell of lavender and baguettes. And Mm. I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to have that again. Like, I just feel so, yeah, I've been craving it so much. And also I'm very, like, 
I love I feel very at home in like Mallorca and like that like Spain as well like I like I said did languages at uni and my mum's got like Italian sort of heritage and I feel like I'm meant to live like in the Mediterranean yeah um, I mean Bristol's fine too but like <laughs> I love like I feel like I get so like nourished like my soul is absolutely like filled up by going to places like that so yeah I feel like it's it almost should be like a business expense for me like oh, I need like totally. at least a week a year in Mallorca to like help my creative juices flow um yeah but yeah, so definitely travel when I'm allowed to. Um, but yeah, I, I love what you said about like doing a walk backwards. Like it sounds so simple, but it's amazing, isn't it? What you see. And I feel like I've been, because we've only, we moved into this house a year ago and we still don't really know. I mean, we have like our regular dog walks that we do, but sure. there's lots of roads that we've like, not come across or, um, and it's amazing what you notice. Like you'll kind of look up and there's like, I don't know, just the tops of buildings that you've like never seen and it just shows how much we operate on a subconscious kind of level most of the yeah. time um and things we just absorb our surroundings without really fully analyzing them like we we just accept what we see um so mm. yeah definitely walks and and like I said like being around people that kind of get me like yeah. those self-employed friends like we actually did which I really recommend a couple of weekends ago we did our own like DIY retreat so we just went to an Airbnb like not even I think it's about two hours drive away in Dorset um it was quite cheap like didn't cost loads of for us to all go so obviously we were sharing this big house and just went to like Lidl and bought loads of food like it, you can do it like fairly cheaply. yeah um and it was amazing like just having time like you said dedicated time where it's like full permission to just like focus on us and speak about whatever we're going through and dreaming for next year as well because it was obviously like it was December when we did this so it's kind of like a really nice time of year to go away and kind of plan yeah. for next year um but yeah knowing that we were all kind of in a similar boat like we've all got very different businesses and different kind of we're at different stages with them and stuff like that but we're like on a level like with our kind of you know frame of mind and all that kind of thing and um yeah it was just really cool to have a dedicated weekend to just like think about all those things yeah. um so that helped me a lot as well and again like as I'm moving into like trying to decide how my business is going to look for the next few years um it's really important to have that time so that I think it's it stops you from just going into the year and like waiting to see what happens like I mean I think that's has, that has its place too yeah in, in certain in small doses I guess but I think being intentional and having like a bit of an idea of how you'd like it to be and how you'd like to feel in it um yeah. is really important so that's how we kind of sort of use that opportunity to yeah set some intentions for next year and dream about what it could look like um so yeah that's a way that I and like I said it's it's a fine line because I'm an introvert I could be like oh god a weekend with five people like I'm going to be exhausted and I was exhausted but it was totally worth it because it gave me all these other things and filled up my cup and all these other like values that I really like look for um so yeah that's a really cool thing to do as well we're gonna have to make it an annual tradition I think yeah that sounds so nice and again you know yeah you were exhausted but you kind of you knew that was going to be the case and yeah. so, you know, perhaps planned for that. Yeah. Um, I think I saw someone recently, you know, they had their booster jab and they knew they were like, do you know what? I'm just going to have two days of um, a duvet day or, you know, yeah. just really not doing much because I anticipate that this is going to knock me out, you know, mm -hmm. and how thankful you are for that time afterwards, but also for doing the thing, um, yeah. going on this retreat, you know, filling up your cup and, surrounding yourself with people who get you I think that is so um so key because so often we can try to convince the haters it, mm -hmm. it, that's a strong term but I know um, what you mean yeah, yeah it, it's trying to like prove ourselves to people who are just never going to get it anyway mm. um 
And so, you know, making sure you kind of build your community of, of people who get you. And I have got, I really want to do something, you know, next year, one of my kind of uh, things that I want to create and is, you know, the opportunity for people with chronic illness, but who see it in a way, this is my, I am now, I'm putting this out there. Yeah, <laughs> accountability. I will hold myself accountable <laughs> to this, but, um, you know, but who see chronic illness in, not in this way that it's here, you know, that it's something here to completely ruin their lives, but mm-hmm. actually how can I tap into it as, as, you know, my superpower, how can I use it to guide me and help me and as my ally, you know, and I think mm. having conversations just, free open exploratory curious conversations about these ideas um and also I loved what you said about you know because how often do we look at times ahead and say right this is what I need to this is what I need to get done I'll just put that in and that that's how I'll I'll live my life but actually how lovely is it to approach it with how do I want to feel how do I want to feel Mm. within that and how can I bring more of that in how can I you know support myself and oh and then I will put in the things I need to do you know and 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 do those in that way that will help me you know just because you have to do one thing doesn't mean you have to do it in a certain way yeah yeah exactly I feel like that also it's helpful to look at it from that way of like how do I want to feel in this because it stops you from falling into the trap of I'll be happy when like I'll be happy when Uh I have a house or when I only work the summer months in photography or you know whatever barrier you're going to set for yourself or mm-hmm. well not it shouldn't be a barrier it's like something to aim for but it then feels like a barrier yeah. um because you're like well I can't have it like I, I can't be happy until that's happened and so actually flipping that on its head and being like I want to feel next year in my business spacious and held and connected and alive or whatever those mm-hmm. feelings and values might be for you um and being like okay well what would that look like if I built the business on that what would it be like and that's something that I never would have done before like in fact when I first went self-employed Jen Carrington that I mentioned before I had Mm -hmm. a one-off session with her um and she was the first person to like ask me that question of like what would your ideal week look like and you know how do you want to feel and I was like what (laughs) what What are you asking me like surely I'll just work nine to five and I'll just shoot every day and then I'll like be really tired on the weekends. Like, yeah. that, you know, I thought that was just the template. And she kind of gave me permission to think like, you don't have to do it that way, that like, you could do it any way you want, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I think that thinking of it in that way is, is more supportive because it means you're not kind of stopping yourself from getting the thing or, or putting off your happiness and kind of satisfaction and fulfillment and joy until you have reached a certain point um because you also need to enjoy the process like everything is a process, isn't it? and so if you're only aiming for one thing and that's like your threshold that you have to meet before you can enjoy it um that might be a while <laughs> so I think yeah. anything you can do to enjoy the journey and be really kind to yourself along the way is worthwhile yeah because those feelings the way you want to feel don't have to wait for that they can happen now yeah exactly and, or they can start to happen now you know you can do something and, and take that first kind of miniature tiny step that's it yeah because it can be tiny things like it, I think that's the thing as well with if you are looking to kind of structure your year in a different way or your work week in a different way start with the tiniest things so if, like mm. if that if one of the things was that you wanted to feel I'm trying to think of what the value would be. Like I'm thinking of like going, going and having coffee on your own. Like I remember doing this actually, maybe like three years ago in the summer, 
like going to a cafe and sitting outside in the sun and having a cup of tea and just people watching for a bit and like that gave Mm -hmm. me so much just being able to watch people and it gave me ideas and I felt like really kind of like lifted and inspired um but it was a tiny thing and it was Mm -hmm. like it felt quite audacious at the time to like go on three o'clock on like Wednesday or whatever it's like oh I should be at my desk but I'm not yeah (laughs) in a cafe but things like that like that is a way that you can give yourself a little piece of the feeling that you want without, you know, saying I'm only going to work one day a week or whatever your ultimate goal might be. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a helpful way to approach it too. Is like, what's like a, what's the tiniest version of this feeling that I want that I could give myself? Um, how could I like, yeah, give myself a taste of it. And then you can expand. Cause then once you've had the feeling of that as well, like I said, you know, I felt almost like a bit rebellious and like, yeah, I don't know, it gave me like a nice boost um, that then, kind of spurs me on to like okay well I could I could do with this feeling a little bit more and how I really like it yeah yeah exactly um so yeah I think it's it's about experimenting isn't it and seeing like what could I do to give myself a taste of this feeling and then like how can I take it further Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh I love that so much um as you said this time is going to go so quickly and it has um it's been so wonderful to speak to you Sophie thank you and where can people find you find out more about you connect with you oh thank you so much yeah I honestly could just keep chatting forever it's so interesting (laughs) um so yeah my website is sophiecareful.co.uk um and that is like the word careful um but with a double l people never believe that's my real name but it is um and so on instagram my coaching one is sophiecareful underscore coaching and then my photography is just sophiecareful and they're both kind of linked together I think if you click on one you should find the other um my photography one is quite neglected um recently (laughs) I use the coaching one a little bit more at the moment um but yeah you can find me on both of those amazing thank you um and I hope you enjoy more of these walks and get to plan your lovely bone warming holiday I refer to that as having my bones warmed I love yes. it I'm the same That's I'm exactly I'm just, it. yeah I'm meant to be there in under the sun all the time yeah <laughs> yeah it's such a good place to be isn't it? yeah I'm really I'm excited for that well thank you so much for having me it's been really really cool to chat to you and um yeah look forward to listening back as well actually do I maybe not <laughs> it's oh, no your own voice isn't it but it is but it's a process that I'm becoming to re- I'm coming to really lo- like not listen to my own voice but listen to the conversations back I'm loving it I just I spend my Mondays editing re-listening you know writing all the blurb and it's my favorite favorite day of the week now oh cool well yeah you've had some great guests on it and it's, it's been really yeah. great listening to it so um yeah I'm very honored to be one of your episodes thanks for having oh, me amazing thank you and take care you too see you soon bye bye I loved listening back to that episode when recording I didn't realize how much self-compassion kindness and understanding served as the thread that tied everything together. It's been a gentle reminder to show myself that extra bit of love ever since. You can find all of Sophie's links in the show notes and if you want to join the conversation of reframing your chronic illness on a more regular basis and when this podcast is on season breaks I'd love to welcome you to my newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes or by heading to alanaholloway.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.